G'day guys, welcome to Talk Shop, the workshop talk show. We are your hosts, Al and Imo, husband and wife duo, building our dream lifestyle one project at a time. We would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we work. And pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. G'day guys, we're back again. Another episode of Talk Shop workshop talk show hey everyone so happy to have you here thanks for joining us for those of you who are here for the very first time welcome to talk shop the workshop talk show with al and imo happy to have you here in this podcast we talk about our three pillars in life which is business living a life of passion and purpose and doing what you love community the people around you who you love support and you celebrate and lifestyle those small decisions you make every day to create the world that you want to live in we sure do imo and today We'll be talking a little bit about our story and how storytelling can like really connect you to your customers as a business, like as you tell stories throughout life. It doesn't even matter if it's for business or not. Like as humans, we all connect through storytelling and that's what we wanted to talk to you guys about this episode. But before we get into all that, we wanted to just mention a few things of what we've been up to, didn't we? Yeah, and the most exciting thing ever, if you follow us on socials or if you're in Talk Shop Insiders or if you subscribe to our mailing list, you probably would have seen that Al and I are now proud brand ambassadors for Fiddy's Hard Wax Oil, which is a product that we absolutely love. We've been using it for about four years. It's the best. We use it on all of our furniture and it's such a premium product and we just cannot be more excited about representing a brand that we just are so passionate about. Speaking of storytelling, we actually started using Fiddies, like you just said, about four years ago and we came across it because we were using another seal that we we had a few defects with our furniture with some of our customers and it was getting a bit annoying and we reached out to our friend Lars, who is a furniture maker as well. And he was like, mate, you've got to use this stuff, Fiddies. It's so easy to apply. It's got a quick drying time. You know, it goes on smooth. There's no streaks, no nothing. And it's really, it's a really top quality seal. He'd been using it for a while. And we gave it a shot and we've never turned back. Like the finish on it is so nice and it's just a great product. And we can't be more stoked to be working with them because they're the actual seal that we love to use ourselves. And it's, you know, it's up the top there for us as to what we actually want to be spruiking out to the world. Like it's awesome. Yeah. And I think like this is like a dream come true for us in terms of collaborations because it's something that we're really passionate about. It's a product that we absolutely love. And the fact that we now, you know, get to share and talk about it, but also work with fitties and yeah, it's awesome. And another story while we're on the topic of storytelling. So fitties, the reason why it's so fast drying is because it was actually, it's from the UK originally. It's been around for like four generations. So it's pretty old. Um, But basically it was designed so that like housewives could put like a quick layer on the floor, run down to the shops, do the groceries and come back in the afternoon and it was dry. And in the UK, everybody's got quite small houses. The rooms are really small. So there's not a lot of floor surface. And so that's why it was designed for such um, quick drying because it's primarily known as a floor product, but it's really good for furniture too. Yeah, and the quick drying factor is such a benefit because being a busy furniture maker, sometimes you're like really under the pump to get something out the door and off to your customer. So, 
yeah, when those situations come around, you want something that's going to like go off quickly so you know that you can get it in your van or in your truck or whatever and take it off to your delivery and it's going to be dry. Yeah, particularly if you've got a small workshop too because we don't have the space to just have stuff like lying around everywhere, you know, waiting for it to dry. So anyway, we're really excited about Fiddies. If you haven't heard of the product, we'll drop a link below, but it's it's awesome. Just even just give it a go. Try it out. Let us know what you think. We love it. Big shout out to Lars who originally got us onto Fiddies, you know, all those years ago. And shout out to the Fiddies Australia team. It's an all-female team too, which, you know, makes me very excited that we get to support an all-gal team. Um, but yeah, get onto it. You can buy it online or there's a lot of distribution stores around. They're kind of specialty flooring stores, so you can't find it in all the big departments, but you can find it around. And yeah, it's sweet. Yeah. And the product we use just for you guys out there listening, if you were curious, is the satin hard wax oil. And yeah, we just love the finish of that because it gives it like a nice natural look to the timber but it gives it that slight satin sheen on top so yeah beautiful product moving on though we've also been really busy with the house stuff as we've been talking about over the past few episodes we've been designing the bathrooms the kitchen i should i should say imo's been designing it we've all we've been over it together time and time again but imo's getting the final sort of drawings and things put into adobe what is it? What's the program? I'm kind of drawing it up in Illustrator, but I've also drawn it up in SketchUp and I'm just like trying to visualize it and also like visually communicate it to, you know, brand sponsors who are coming on for the build and also for our builder, the electrician, the plumber, like all the people who need these sketches. And yeah, just to visualize it because we want to tell the story. Again, here we are telling stories of our house build. We want to take people behind the scenes, share the whole experience with them. So with that also comes design and You know, Al and I have been so hands-on with this build. Like every single detail in this house has been thought about, argued over, designed, drawn, sketched, you know, visualised. It's just been, you know, done to death. And it's going to be so exciting to take these sketches that we've done and then actually stand in the room and see it come to life. So very excited to, yeah, just continue doing more house stuff. It is cool and I really... I'm excited for this next phase of like doing the internal fit outs and stuff because that's the stuff we love the most. So really looking forward to that and seeing how it all turns out. And we can't wait to show you guys out there listening as well that the content that's going to come from it, it's going to be really cool. So we've had like a really busy kind of couple of weeks here with the business because not only is Al just working his ass off on a whole bunch of orders. What we've done is we've batched four of the same design together of beds and Al's building them all together and we've decided that we're going to actually deliver them all on the same day as well because they're all going to Melbourne, different um, customers, but we thought it'd be easier for us to get like a big truck, hire it for the day and just smash out all the deliveries in one day. So Al's been working under the pump. You're working like 50-something hours a week at the moment just to get it done. We also have Jared who's making drawers for us. So thank you. Big shout out to Jared. We know you listen to the show and we appreciate everything you do for us. You're the best. Um, But on my side of the business, I'm starting to like frantically plan our next photo shoot because I really want to photograph um, two of these beds. One, because it's just our most popular bed, the bookshelf drawer bed in a queen size, and I think it'd just be nice to get fresh content around that. 
And the other one is a bookshelf drawer bed, but we've done a rounded edge on it and it looks so sexy and slick. So I'm really excited to get some photos of that. And then I've decided I'm going to run our first ever competition for Al and Imo. So basically this is a little bit of a marketing campaign to build some brand awareness right before we take orders. So my goal is to do the photo shoot, produce yummy content, run a competition. I've got some other brands on board who are chucking into the prize pool. And then we're going to get a lot of awareness around our brand at the time, hopefully, fingers crossed. And then after that, we're going to take orders. So hopefully there's a bit of buzz going on and we lead people into that big sales. We can get a whole bunch of orders in one go. We can shut it back down and we can get back to work. Yeah, it has been really hectic recently and I can't wait to get to the sort of a bit more of a relaxed lifestyle and get back to hanging out with Goldie because she's been in daycare now three days in a row last week and now she's going to be consistently going three days in a row every single week. And, you know, she's just growing up so fast. Like she's almost at the point where she's walking on her own. Like she's taken probably, you know, seven or eight steps a few times now. And she's just, it's so exciting to see her developing as a little girl. You know, it's crazy to think that she's not just a baby anymore. She's actually like a little kid who's got a personality and she's starting to do all these fun things. So very cute to see what she's up to. She's also starting to talk a lot more. She loves to say things now. She's saying sort of bad to the sheep outside today. And she goes, wow. Yeah. Wow. She's- and she goes, bow, wow, wow. And she says all the words. And here we are being those parents who are like, my baby says this. But honestly, like, they're just so cute. We were actually at a 30th on Saturday night. And I got chatting to my friend's brother who's got a kid who's like similar age to Goldie. And we did the classic, like, pull the phone out, show each other photos, talk about all the words they were saying, how many steps they've done, when they started eating, how they've been sleeping. We just had, like, the full rundown of baby talk. And it was so funny because I was like, we are just a walking cliche. But it was so great. It's so nice to run into other parents, particularly when you're out on the town with no kids. Everyone was, like, full party mode. And it was really nice. It was. It was really good to get out. And also when we were out, we got back and my parents had been looking after Goldie and she was upstairs, like in this upstairs bedroom that we don't sleep in. And she was asleep and fast asleep. And Imo and I were like, oh, we'll just sleep downstairs, but we'll get Goldie and we'll take her down with us. And my parents were like, no, no, just leave her up here. So we ended up like sleeping away downstairs where we couldn't even hear Goldie for the whole night. And it was fine. Like we spent our first night away from her together. Not one of us was with her and or near her, I should say. And it was just really nice and it was easy. Yeah, it was a good test run. It was a good test run, that's for sure. We slept in the back studio, so it's like a separate building to the actual house. So waking up in the morning, not to the sound of a child, was like, so nice and I just cannot even it's it's been out the whole time she's been with us that we've we've never woken up without Goldie waking us up it's weird to think that now it's been nearly a year and a half since we've had a night where she's not in the room next to us so crazy to think that this is the first night of many but hopefully not too many because we still like having her we do love having her around but I'm definitely ready to book in the next night away for sure I'm like I'm sold I'm done I want to wake up in my own time at my own speed to whatever noise that's not a baby making a noise going 
Daddy. Oh. <laughs> Mummy. Oh. That's it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's about it for our current update, guys. We'll jump into some listener reviews that we've had sent in in the past week. This one comes through from Leroy and he says, Hey guys, just wanted to shoot you a message and tell you how I'm digging the podcast. Love the way you are hustling and building your business and taking people along for the ride. It's wild, isn't it? It certainly is, Leroy. And that's what we're doing with storytelling. This is what we have brought to you on this episode. We're talking all about storytelling and how you can bring it into your business. It's a great way to connect with the listeners or readers of the content that you're putting out there and to bring people along for the ride because, yeah, it's just a great way to connect, isn't it? Yeah, and I think that's the, that's what everybody wants in life is to connect to other humans. So yeah. even, you know, even though you have a business, you still your ultimate goal is to connect with humans. Um, the next review comes from Dave and he says, guys, I absolutely loved this episode. It's the first one I've listened to and so appropriate for where I am right now. I'll be putting a bunch of your ideas down and making them a call to action over the coming weeks. I'm eager to get my sales up and business off the ground. And there are just so many gems in here that I will keep. So thank you for being awesome. And that was last week's episode, which was where we shared some things that you could do straight away to start getting more work. Um, I looked at the analytics earlier today. It was a hit. Lots of people listened to it. So definitely go and check that one out if you are starting a business or you're kind of struggling to get your business off the ground, it was a really fun episode to record and a lot of things we've done implemented into our business and they've worked. So, yeah, go back and have a listen to that one. But like we've said so many times already in this intro, this episode is all about using storytelling in your business to connect and convert. So in business, obviously, you want to connect with other people and tell these beautiful stories, but at the end of the day, you still want to be selling something. And we use storytelling in our business every single day, and I do truly believe it's what attributes to a lot of our sales because we create that emotional attachment, we tell the story, and from that we get people who are engaged and then they start to like, know, and trust us as people and also our brand and then our product. Yeah, and like we mentioned in our episode last week about how to make sales tomorrow, half of the stuff we mentioned was telling your story to other people so that they can connect and see what you're actually up to as a business and know what it is that you have to offer. And this has been our whole business plan since we started out. Like we've always told our story and we've kept everyone along for the ride as we go so that we can show people what we're up to and they can really connect to who we are as a business. And it just sort of sells itself when you do that. You don't need to be so salesy in the way you tell your stories. You're not like in people's faces saying, buy this product or, you know, buy that. You're just basically showing people what you're up to and then they buy in through the storytelling, don't they? 100%. And our story is, you know, we're building our dream lifestyle one project at a time. Like that's our tagline. You'll read it everywhere. And also we talk about our, you know, moving away from the city, starting our new life, quitting the jobs that we didn't like working in, starting our furniture making business and really pursuing that passion. And through that, people either resonate with that story and they go, oh, God, I dream of doing that. Or they're like, yes, I've done that too and it's the best thing I ever did. And so through that, there's like this connection of either like 
aspiration or desire or, you know, this connection of like, I've done the same thing and and I resonate with that story so well or like this really proud moment of like, yeah, you guys went and you went for it and I now want to buy into your business because I believe in what you're doing and I want to invest in you because you're so passionate about what you're doing. Yeah, I was just going to say like sometimes people don't even necessarily relate specifically to your story. They just buy in because they can see that you're passionate about what you do and that you love it. And that's something that inspires other people, whether or not they want to be a furniture maker or whatever. It can just be inspirational to someone to see people doing what they're passionate about and really enjoying what they're doing. And I think that's a great way to show people your story and spread the message that like do what you love and that really inspires people to buy into your business as well. Yeah, and I'd say the other thing would be is like when you tell a story, whether it's about how your business started or the reason why you designed a product or the problem that you're solving with a product or whatever it might be, if you tell a story and attach it to that you know product or that service, people will remember it better. Because it's not just like, here's a product and here's the price. It's, this is how I made it. This is why I made it. This is who I had in mind when I designed it. And this is what I hope it brings to your life. Someone will pick something out of that. It'll stick with them and they'll remember that way more than just seeing a picture and a price tag. Yeah, 100%. And you can imagine like, oh, we all know those videos that are on YouTube that are ads that pop up and they're like, do you not know how to sell? Do you, you know, and they're asking you these questions and that's literally a story that they're asking you straight away. They're trying to connect to you and hook you in. And that's like the hook that you're trying to do when you're telling a story is you're trying to give someone a feeling, you know, you're trying to like convey a message to them as to what they're meant to feel. And that's what storytelling is all about. Yeah, I definitely think emotion is one of those things that really just connects you to a brand. I feel like even today I was scrolling on socials and I stopped because I saw these really beautiful images, these photos, and this photographer had shared photos of the person who inspired her to name her child after. And he was an explorer in Australia in the early days and he was like a botanist or something. And this person she told the story about inspired her to name her son after this person. And I was like, wow, what an interesting story. Like this person is just a photographer and this is a story that she told about how she came up with the name for her baby. And like I've now gone away and I've remembered that. I'm like, oh, that's a really interesting story. Rather than her just like posting one of her photos that she'd taken, you know, with a a picture of a sunset or something as the caption, like tell these stories because it helps you connect. Like everybody listening to this podcast, I'm pretty sure you probably know the story of myself and Al, you know, why we started this podcast, why we started our business, you know, why we're so open sharing our experiences. And we do that all through storytelling. And One, it helps us connect. We've met so many amazing people through this podcast, through Instagram, you know, through, you know, being out on the street and just striking up a conversation. And it's all because of storytelling. And that also then converts to sales because we have people who invest in our businesses, whether it be, you know, our furniture or our course or our DIY plans or whatever it might be. It's not necessarily just because of the end result. It's because we share the story along the way. Yeah, and I think one of the best things you can do when telling a story is to show your vulnerabilities and not be acting like you're this perfect 
person out there that can't do any wrong because that's something that people don't relate to. People relate to the, the imperfections in life and it makes you seem more real and down to earth. So don't be afraid to sort of share your losses, you know, share your wins as well by all means. Everyone loves a win, but you got to share those like hard moments. Um, over the years, we've had like a few situations where we've had hard things happening in our lives. And I think it's been really beneficial for us to share that with our followers on Instagram or the people that sign up to our email list because it helps them connect with our lives and who we are. And we meet people all the time and they're always like, you know, like we'll deliver beds to customers or whatever. And they'll say like, oh, I see you guys are building a house and how's Goldie going, you know? And they know all this stuff because we tell our story all the time on this podcast through our content and it helps us, like I've said a million times already, connect with our audience and our customers and it just helps that relatable feeling and that's what humans are all about. We love to connect with each other and to share experiences together and feel like we're a community. Yeah, and I guess like something that's come up quite a few times with students is like I want to have my making business but I don't want to be so personal and I don't want to share so much of my personal life with my audience. And Al and I are oversharers. Well, I'm the oversharer. I just like I, I'm an open book. I don't mind sharing our story. I feel like it's a way that I connect with other people. I moved away from home when I was really young. I got split up from all of my friends early on. We moved all over the country Social media was how we kept in touch. You know, I've shared everything. I've always had a camera and I feel very, you know, open. I don't have, I'm an open book. I don't mind sharing. And I love telling stories because I like hearing other people's stories too. But in business, you can still share stories without putting your face in front of it. You can also talk about like the design process of something or, you know, your, your skills developing as a maker. It doesn't necessarily have to be your personal family life. It can be you know, personal stories related within your business. Yeah, and you can also use the wording like we instead of I or, you know, showing yourself. You can use the word we as a business and put the business as the brand and not yourself. So you can sort of, for an example, you could say like, well, our business is hard as an example because it is our names. It's Al and Imo. But say it was just generic furniture maker, you could say, we at Generic Furniture love this our, type of timber or whatever it is. Yeah, and our values are we believe in, we forge, we foster. Like you can use this kind of language to create a brand personality for your business. So, And that's something that you should do is come up with a personality for your brand, the language you use, the way you write, and the stories you tell. And you could, you know, create like an avatar and, you know, come up with like a concept of what this person is and how they would talk if you don't specifically want to be from you. But if you want to position yourself as a maker who's an artist and be the face of your brand, which I think is a massive benefit and one of your biggest, you know, valuable assets as a business if you're an independent maker is the fact that you are an independent maker. That is like one of your, you know, best selling points. So I think you're kind of selling yourself a little short if you skip that altogether. Yeah, and I think it definitely it can be daunting to put yourself out there and put your face to the brand. But yeah, like you were saying, it really does help you connect again to the the story behind who this business is, you know, and it really shows 
the human element behind the business. It doesn't make it just look like a machine or something that's trying to like sell to you that you don't really know the personality. It brings personality in when you show your face. Yeah, one of my favorite brands who I think does this really well, it's called Mustard Made. They're an Australian brand that create like really funky lockers and I talk about them a lot in the course because I just think they're awesome. But they're actually two sisters, uh, one's based in Australia, one's in the UK, and they've created this wonderfully successful business and they often show up in their stories and they talk from personal experience. And I feel like I know them, but I don't. But I feel like I'm more connected to their business because they share so openly about their business ups and downs and developments. And then I share the excitement when they have wins. And then I go, oh, you know, when things don't go so well, like, you know, logistics during COVID or whatever it might be. And yeah, you can kind of, you know, share your experiences with people and then they're like, they they feel it with you and they're along for the ride and um, yeah, you get this sense of community. Yeah, for sure. And um, one of the ways I love to connect with, well, some of the businesses I connect most to are people I've heard on podcasts. Like I find podcasting is such a good way to understand someone in a deep way because they speak generally quite openly on a podcast. It's hard to kind of put on a persona in a long form conversation. So yeah, that's another way you can tell your story is start doing audio content. That's something we've decided to do obviously with this podcast. And it's really helped us connect with you guys out there, the listeners. As you would know, as the listeners, we love to share your comments and like messages that you send into us. It's a great way to connect. And we've just been telling our story and just telling stuff that we know about, haven't we? Mm. And, yeah, we love hearing your stories too. So often we'll get, you know, an email or a DM and you'll be like sharing, you know, what you're up to or how you started or what inspired you and all of these amazing things. And instantly I feel more connected and, you know, you might even share like where you're from, whether it's on the other side of the world or whether it's local. And then, you know, instantly Al and I have this feeling of like when can we go travelling and meet all of our podcast listeners and actually go to their hometowns catch up with them, check out their workshops. That's a dream come true for us. I'm putting it out there to the universe. I'm trying to manifest this. Um, But basically, you know, those stories that we hear from you, our stories that we share with you, like that's what we want to build the rest of our business on. And we're really excited to, yeah, have Furniture Friends as a brand, which is separate to Alanimo. And Furniture Friends is all about, you know, forging and fostering community within the making industry. Yeah, and telling your other people's stories out there too, like telling the other makers, you guys out there listening, telling your stories and helping share that to the world. So that's another part of storytelling that we're really passionate about. The other thing about storytelling is it's really good to help persuade people into buying your products. Like we were saying, it's not pushy. It's an easy way to just go about business by getting buy-in because people know, like, and trust you through your content. Yeah, I would say the persuasive thing when talking about our furniture-making business was that we kind of slowly talk about the um, the benefits of investing in a piece of furniture that's built to last a lifetime and longevity and, you know, buying quality over quantity is something that we're really passionate about. But it's also kind of a lesson that sometimes takes a really long time for someone to learn and for someone to realize the benefits. And our furniture isn't cheap. It's expensive. It's an investment. 
And I definitely think that, you know, it takes some people quite a long time to change their mindset and shift into going, you know what, I'm actually not going to impulse buy that bed because I just really need a bed right now. I'm actually going to sit, wait on this decision. I'm going to save up my money. I might have to take me a year to save up for it, but then I'm going to buy this piece of furniture that's going to last me a really long time. So our kind of persuasive way of selling is that we're saying to people like, hold up, wait a minute take your time. We're here and we'll be ready when you are. Don't go out and buy that crappy piece of furniture that's going to fall apart because you will regret it. Yeah. Like do it once and do it right and buy something that's going to last you a lifetime. We're constantly saying that as a message, as a story that we're presenting to the world. And I think that's what a lot of our customers come to us and they buy in for that fact. They're like, yes, I don't want to buy that bed that's going to just, you know, be falling apart in three years' time. I want something that's going to last a lifetime. And we're giving them the answer to that question in their head. And that's how we're selling our products. It's telling those stories of like the aspirational stuff, isn't it? So that's just another way we do it. Yeah. I also think like we're in this for the long term. So this is a long-term game for us. So we're not about necessarily making sales Tomorrow, this is about like educating our customer and inspiring them to take the time to save up and purchase something that's, you know, built to last a long time, like we just said. And so because it's a long-term relationship, we don't necessarily push sales on people, you know, straight away. We understand that it's going to take people some time. So a lot of the time our customers will come to us and say, you know, I've been following you for three years. Your bed has been on my wish list for that long. I've been saving up. And I'm now ready to purchase rather than us being like, you know, you get their attention and have to sell to them immediately. We nurture them slowly into a sale by using the stories that we tell. I've just jotted down a couple of examples of different stories that you can tell in your business. And so when you go to write your next blog post or your next email or your next Instagram caption or Facebook post or However you share your stories or the next time you talk face to face with somebody and they ask about your business, I want you to think about how you can entwine storytelling to make it more compelling. We all have that friend who is so engaging and they tell amazing stories and they're charismatic and they just keep you hooked in and you just want to keep listening to them forever. How can you add this into your business? How can you make your business the best storyteller? Ever. Yeah, because everyone's telling stories every single day. It's just a matter of how interesting and engaging you can tell the fact of what you've been up to or what you're going to do to someone else. Like someone could say, hey, what have you been up to? And you could say, oh, I just went out for lunch. Or you could say, oh, my mum's in town and I haven't seen her in ages. And we went out to this really nice restaurant and had the most amazing meal for lunch. You know, it's a lot different to the first answer and it's the same fact. You've just explained it in a more engaging way. So, yeah, there's many ways you can go about telling a story. Um, The first point would be write a short story about the history of your business. We come back to this story over and over and over and over again and sometimes I feel like I'm hitting my head against a brick wall but I also know that whenever we share this story, there's going to be someone reading it for the very first time. So you've got to understand like with your brand story, it's never going to change. It is what it is. The the reason you started your business is never going to change. It's there. That is your history of the business. 
So make that story really compelling and then share it over and over again. For example, we were at this 30th on Saturday night and my friend Liv, love her. She was the first customer of ours. She was the first person who ever paid for a piece of our furniture. She was introducing us to her friends and she knew our brand story off by heart because she's obviously heard it so many times before. She was introducing us to her friends that hadn't met us before and she's like, these are my friends, Al and Imo. We used to live in Melbourne together. They moved from the city and they started their own furniture making business and la, 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 and she, she went on and on and on and on. But basically the story hasn't changed. And when you tell your story over and over again and you're really clear about it, it makes it really easy for other people to retell your story and get it right. And that's the thing. You want word of mouth to spread. You want people to talk about your business, but you also want to make it really easy for them to remember. So keep it simple and stick to the point. So our story is that we made our own bed. We loved making it, decided that we wanted to make more. So we moved away from the city to a place that had a bit more space and we started our furniture making business. And it's never changed. That is the story. And we will tell it over and over again. Yeah. And that's like the core of the story. And then you can add in little bits and pieces that have happened throughout that journey and what have happened along the way and all the things that connect that the dots between those points within the story. So, yeah, that's just a great thing to do for anyone thinking of how they should start out with storytelling is write a short story about how you've got to where you are now. Yeah, and then the next thing would be is like, write about what inspired you to make something. So I constantly see this as a total miss opportunity. Often makers will post a beautiful photo of a piece of furniture they've made and they will say something like, um, I just delivered this table to a client and it was really nice to make it and that's it. But you could use that opportunity to talk about why you designed it the way you did, what the client was and how you came up with that design together, the timber that you used, where you found the timber, the person who sold the timber to you, where the timber came from. Maybe it came out of, you know, a really beautiful story if it was ripped out of a a jetty or something or other. Who knows? You might know the story behind it. Um, The design process, maybe there was like, you know, some complications or some problem solvings or something that you know, came up that was like a hurdle that you had to overcome and then, you know, maybe the finished process of it. And I think, you know, there's this opportunity to tell a story and also maybe where the piece of furniture ended up. For example, we built this beautiful bookshelf bed. It was custom. We made it in black. And when the customers came to pick it up from us, they were telling us about where the bed was going to end up. And they had this like, beautiful house in Tasmania with this glass wall that overlooked the ocean. And I was like, wow, this bed is just going to end up in the most beautiful home ever. What a beautiful story to tell. And they talked about how um, they were huge readers, which is why they invested in the bookshelf bed. And she actually brought all of her books from California over to Australia and she had libraries and libraries worth of books and she like she paid to have them shipped over to Australia to their house in Tassie, which now is going to be home to the bookshelf bed. Yeah, I love that. And I think if you're struggling to think about what's inspiring you to write this story, you just need to think of what has caused any emotion along the way of what you're actually doing and just hone in on that emotion and that's where the story comes in. So, you know, whether you're really enjoying the making process or whether you're struggling, you're, you know, unhappy, you're stressed, whatever it can be, you can connect that emotion to the story 
And that's how the story comes about. And that's where other people are going to connect to your story. They're going to relate to what you're saying. Like maybe you're really under the pump and you didn't have much time to get it done. And that's the story, you know, or maybe like you were saying, you really love the timber and you know where it came from. And you've got this cool story around the journey that that timber has gone through to become the piece of furniture that you've created. So there's so many different ways you can tell a story and just pick an emotion that you're feeling when you want to tell the story and hone in on that. Yeah, another one I just thought of is I'm, I'm just trying to think of like pieces of furniture and then attaching a story to it. So for an example, I'm just thinking of Al, you and I made a chest of drawers with a change table tray on it so we could use it as like a changing station to change Goldie's nappies. And a story around that would be, you know, the fact that she's doing baby gymnastics every time you try to change her nappy and you need to use her toy to distract her. And then any other parent listening to this will be like, I know exactly that feeling and how frustrating it is trying to change a nappy on a baby. It's like trying to put a nappy on a jellyfish. <laughs> like it just doesn't work. And now I've like, you know, I've made you smile. You've had a little bit of a laugh. And now this change, this chest of drawers that has a change table on top is more than just a piece of furniture. It's a shared experience that a lot of parents have. And so that's a way you could do it. I'm trying to think of like other piece of, pieces of furniture. For example, we built a surfboard rack. The DIY plans are available free online. You can download them if you like. It's been made all over the world by people everywhere. People have sent in their photos and it's one of the, the, the best things we ever did. Very unexpected but a lot of fun. And we built this in lockdown because our surfboards were literally lying on every wall in our lounge room and it was doing my head in and they kept falling over and we just had surfboards everywhere. You couldn't put them outside because we our workshop is your workshop. There's no garage to store your surfboards in. So they were just everywhere throughout the house. So we decided to build a surfboard rack and while building it, we filmed it. We put it on YouTube then we created some plans for it. We put it out there in the world and it's been downloaded like over four, 5,000 times, made everywhere. And yeah, that's just a story of like, you know, us trying to clean up our lounge room. And in the process, we built community. Yeah. So that would be writing a story about a problem we've solved. And so that was the solving of the problem of the surfboards were everywhere in the house. How are we going to solve this? That's the problem. Um Another good point is to write about someone who inspires you. So this could be just any one person that's doing something that you are really inspired by and that could be someone that's related in the field to you like doing amazing things like making pieces of furniture that really inspire you or it could just be someone completely irrelevant to your business but is is just an inspiration to you and what you're doing and pushes you to keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, this topic actually came up in the course Zoom the other night with our students because one of the questions that they answer is like, you know, who inspires you? And, you know, I was sharing my experiences and it's not necessarily our person inspires me, but I'm very inspired by successful women who have their own businesses but also have their own families and manage to juggle both. And so that to me, working women with large families and successful businesses is who inspires me. People who dedicate themselves to their craft and commit to showing up every single day and honing in on their skills, 
experts inspire me so much. If I'm around someone who absolutely froths what they do, I don't even care what it is they do, but if they're into it, I'm into it. And I just feel so inspired by people who are passionate about what they do. Yeah. And so this point, writing about someone who inspires you, if you're really struggling to tell your story and what your values are and who you are as a person, you can write someone else's story and bring light to them because that's going to show who you are through them as well. Like you're basically presenting to a bunch of people that you love this person because of their values and you connect to them. And that's another way you can tell a story. Yeah. For example, we saw, you know, last week Patagonia's founder has decided to donate all of their business to saving the world, essentially. And we saw so many brands resharing that story. So you can tell that from the brands that are resharing the story, they share the same values and they find that that's inspiring. You know, you don't necessarily have to share you, but you can share people who inspire you, other businesses who inspire you, people with, you know, values or, you know, whatever it might be to further strengthen your business values and mission. The next one would be is like share an instance where you've solved a customer's problem using the service you provide. So particularly if you're making custom furniture, there are so many stories to be told there because they're coming to you because they clearly can't find it somewhere else and they might have a very specific area that they need, you know, fitted out. So for example, during lockdown again, we designed a custom bed and desk for this really large space for a home in Melbourne. We actually met with them over Zoom. They showed us the space. They gave us a tour. We got a floor plan. And then Al and I came up with a design for this like huge bed and a desk. And it became this like working from home station, which is going to then turn into like a teenager's den. And it's really, really cool. Um, But basically they just couldn't find anything else that was going to fit the space. So they needed something custom. Yeah. And it was a really big space, like you just said, that didn't have the scale of a normal size bed. So we had to create something massive for it and it really suited the space and they just couldn't find that anywhere else. And that was a problem we solved for them. And we do tell that story and we've, I think you did write a blog about that, didn't you? I did. I can share it in the notes below so you can have a look at it. But I love to tell stories with, um, you know, our products alongside because like we said in the first point, it makes it feel so less pushy. So something that I always love to talk about is storage. And, you know, storage is a massive problem in a house where we're living. We don't have much storage. We're in a rental. You know, we've just got pretty much shit everywhere. So the idea of draw beds is just such a huge benefit. And it's like such a bonus because I'm like, oh my God, like think of all that storage that, you know, we can have in our new house by designing functional furniture. And I think other people reading that will be like, oh, that's such a pain point that I have as well. Like, I don't have enough storage. I need more space to store things. I'm going to invest in a bed that has drawers in it. Yeah. The last point would be to share one of your or many of your personal stories in which you overcame a challenge. So we've done this time and time again. We've had so many challenges within our life, within our business that we constantly share on this podcast. Like, One that comes to mind is we had a miscarriage a few years ago and we were doing a brekkie show, which was like a short form video that we used to put out every Friday, I think it was, Um, you know, and during that time when we were making that, we actually had a miscarriage. Imo 
was pregnant for nine weeks and we decided that we were going to share that with the people that followed along and watched our video and we got such a great response to that video and being vulnerable and putting ourselves out there it really helped people um, connect with us and feel like they were there along for the journey with us as hard as it was to do it felt like the right thing to do and I don't regret doing that at all. No, and since then I've had so many really close friends, so many not-so-close friends, people who I don't know at all have reached out over the years and when they've been also going through a miscarriage and they've said, you know, because you shared your story, I feel like it's okay that I can share it right back with you. And miscarriage has such a stigma attached to it. People don't talk about it. You know, there's this like you've miscarried, there's this guilt that comes with it, There's it's a horrible feeling and, you know, the medical system's not very well equipped to handle it either because, the, you know, it's considered just like a medical problem that is so common. So, you know, your doctors and your nurses are constantly seeing people with miscarriages like, you know, so many pregnancies end in miscarriage. So for them it's like something that happens every day mm. but when it happens to you it's like a once-in-a-lifetime you know, hopefully only once in a lifetime, um, you know, experience that you go through and it's devastating and I don't wish it upon anybody. But by us being so open in sharing that story, it really opened up the conversation for a lot of other people that we know that also went through it too. And so I feel like I've been able to be a supportive friend to people who are going through miscarriage because, one, I, I've been there, I've been through it, I understand how shit it is, um, but also I also knew that, you didn't really know where to go or who to talk to. And it wasn't until I openly said out loud, hey, I've just had a miscarriage that I had so many people that I know turn around and say, oh, you know what, I've had one too. And then we were able to connect and share our stories with each other. But, yeah, sometimes you've got to, like, open up and be vulnerable and allow people in for them to also feel the same. Yeah, exactly. So that's another way of connecting with your audience, connecting with people around you. That's also beneficial for yourself because in doing that, you know, you got to connect with other people, other women who'd been through the same thing and you could sort of lean on them and share the share the story together and feel, you know, oh, I'm not alone in this. This is not just a thing that happened to me. It happens to many other people. We can talk about it. And, yeah, that's another great way of when you do share like a vulnerable story that's happened to you, you get to sort of both benefit out of that, you and the audience, because you're, you're sort of sharing that weight of the problem that's happened to you with everyone around you and you just get that love and support that, you know, your audience is there for. Your audience wants to be there for you if you're vulnerable. So yeah. it's a great place to do it. And I think we get like, you know, using even the word audience feels like not very personal in a way, but also I think like, You've got to realize like your audience or your followers or whatever you want to say, however you want to say it, like these are real people. Like yeah. they're not just like a likes and numbers and counts. They're actually human people on the other end who have chosen to follow you. They've invested in your business and your story. They want to follow you. They want to keep up to date. And, yeah, like I think, you know, sharing any kind of personal story is a really great way to connect. You don't have to get as personal as we do. But I think sometimes, you know, you could challenge yourself to do something a little bit more personal than you've ever shared before and see what reaction you get out of it. And it could just be 
you know, the kind of missing ingredient you need to get your business moving forward and growing quicker. Yeah, for sure. So thank you guys out there listening for sharing along with our story because we love to share with you guys and we, we've had so much great love and support from everyone out there listening to the podcast, following along our emails, like everything we put out there, we get such positive feedback. So we're going to keep doing it and we hope that you guys are really enjoying it. But if we could leave with any advice, it would be to come up with your story of, like we said at the start of this, is write a short story about the history of your business or who you are and keep sharing that story over and over again. And it'll change and adapt and you'll be able to add things in. But that's basically it. You need that core story that you can just repeatedly tell to everyone. Yeah. And so what I want you to do, your challenge is to write a post. It could be a blog post. It could be an email. It could be an Instagram post. Ideally, it would be the same story in all those different, you know, mediums and you distribute it across your different channels. But what I want you to do is come up with your brand story, why you started, how you started what challenges you overcome, where you are now, what your dreams are for the future, whatever it might be, write that story, share it publicly, send it to us. I'd love to read your story. I'd love to know what you're up to, where you are, and I think your audience will absolutely love it too. So, guys, thank you so much for joining in and giving us your time. We absolutely love hanging out with you every single week. If you haven't yet joined Talk Shop Insiders, it's our private Facebook group. There are 99 members who's going to be number 100. Come and join us. And also, if you've really enjoyed this episode or you just enjoy the podcast in general, please send us a review. We love to hear from you all. You can either email us at g'day at alanimo.com.au or you can slide into our DMs at alanimo. That's it, guys. And now it's time for us to watch some stories. We've gotten into House of the Dragon. Oh, my God. So So excited. Yeah, excited for that. We'll leave you with that, guys, and we'll see you next week. See you guys. Bye. Bye.